So, I don't know how many of you guys did your uh, workbook, but I thought I'd start this off with some explanations about the law, because a lot of this, uh, when you get into the inner healing and the deliverance, there's a whole lot about the law. And so, I'm going to read some scriptures to you, and... Uh, first part of this, I'm just, this isn't off of the study. I'm just going to talk to you about some things. And then some of this we'll get to and we'll talk about, but I wanted to get your minds kind of on this as, as we go along. So I was doing the workbook, and I almost got depressed. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about the curses of the law and all that. And so uh, Galatians 2.16 I'm going to read a couple of scriptures out of Galatians. In Galatians 2.16 says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have, uh, even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. So what the, what the law does is it points us toward Jesus. He justified us. Uh, we have, uh, uh, and I'll read a scripture here that will say this, but uh, we have all of the blessings of the law, but we have none of the curses because Jesus became that curse for us. Now, sometimes we have to, have to do some inner healing or some deliverance. There's, uh, there's curses that's passed down through generations, but this has nothing to do with the curse of the law that they talk about. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So Jesus received those curses that rightfully belong to us. Uh, that blessing that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that's the blessings that we have that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So here's the curse of the law. The curse of the law is poverty, sickness, and death. And we'll be talking in some in some uh, later lessons about poverty and and some of the rest of this, but uh, the Greek word. For salvation is sozo. We've heard that word before, haven't we? And sozo means all-inclusive salvation. It includes healing for our bodies and uh, healing or salvation uh, in the reborn spirit. And so it's all-inclusive. Our salvation is all inclusive. Our healing, what we're going to talk about uh, tonight, is the healing is part of the sozo, part of the salvation. So, think about uh, why do we get sick? There's a lot of reasons we get sick, and I don't know all of them. But part of the reason we get sick is we live in a fallen world. 
we have Jesus, we have feeling. I think we can walk in in uh, supernatural health. But I think our problem is we know the way of the world a whole lot better than we know the way of God. Because that's what's poured into us all the time. That's one of the reasons sometimes we need deliverance or some inner healing. Uh, something the Lord showed me as I began to get a little, uh, a little age on me. A little long in the tooth, as they say. You know, Joshua and Caleb were the sole survivors of the first generation that left Egypt. They were the only ones that survived. They were the ones that gave the good report when they went into the promised land. And so you read the story, if you'll go to, if, I'm not going to go there, but it's, this, this is in Joshua 14. Uh, when, uh, when Caleb came out and gave the good report about the land of milk and honey, and, and, uh, Everybody else but Joshua came and said, "There's giants in the land. There's no way that we can, we can, uh, we can. Uh, this can be our land because we can't overcome the giants in the land." And God told Caleb, or told Moses, the place that Caleb went to, that's his. Whenever y'all come back, and so they went back in the wilderness for forty years. And I heard a guy talking about about uh, this part of Israel. I think is is what he was talking about. The part that that Caleb got, they call it mountainous. It says, but he says it's more like the hill country here. And so that was his inheritance. He was 85 years old. Whenever he inherited that land, he went to Joshua and said, "Don't forget what God told Moses." You know, and that's what we need to do with the promises of God. Don't forget what God told us. God has for us. And so at 85, he walked the hills and the mountains in his land. So I hear so much, well, you know, you're getting old. You can't do some of the things that you used to do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But Caleb was 85 years old. And he walked the mountains. So I claim the Caleb anointing. That in the years ahead, I will use wisdom, but I will walk in God's providence. Okay. So, uh, So you look at, uh, I, I look, here's some of the things that God has, has told me in my life that has caused sickness to come on me. You know, you can open, you can open those doors that allow sickness and disease to come in. God told me one time you're getting too fat for your body. You need to lose some weight. I want you to be a good steward of everything I gave you and I gave you that body. So you, I want you to be a better steward of the body that I gave you. And so we need to watch what we eat. 
sometimes we don't take good care of our bodies and so we get sick. And that's a natural thing. Uh, sometimes we don't get uh, the exercise that we need to get. Be good steward of what God's given you in your body. Said we open gates sometimes and we live in a fallen world. Sometimes we have unforgiveness in our life. That's a big one. God showed me who I need to forgive. I remember several years ago, God showed me a guy that I had forgotten, and I I need to ask him to forgive me because I did some things that I shouldn't have done. I said, God, I don't even know where he is. He said he's at the last place that you saw him. And so I took care of that. Heard a guy, a guy told me that he doesn't have the faith. I just don't have the faith to walk through this. Romans 12, 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. You can't say that I don't have faith because God has given you the measure of faith that you need. Pursue God. God, I want everything that you have for me. I want to chase you. I know you're not running from me. I want to pursue you. I, sometimes I have to pursue the things of God because I don't want to pay the price. And that's the pursuing God. Study God's word. It brings life and light. It strengthens us. It empowers us. And it brings hope. Pray and listen to his voice. Talking about healing tonight, I had seen, I had pulled up a picture of a, of the type of whips that they used in those days, that Jesus took 39 or 40 lashes for our healing. He wouldn't have done that unless he expected us to receive the healing that he has for He said most people couldn't take the 39 or 40, and it was that the, the guy that did the whipping had the option of stopping before they killed, before the person died. And so that's what he paid. That's the price he paid so that we can walk in healing. God, just show us how to receive that. Hebrews 12.2 says, Fix your eyes on Jesus as the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Exercise our faith. You know, I've heard people say faith is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the bigger it gets. Stubborn faith. Faith is about trusting. Trust in God. Press in.
enduring faith. God increased my faith. I was thinking about a good example of being of pressing in and not giving up and staying with staying staying with uh, what you know that you're supposed to do, not giving up, even though you may not see any improvement. To stay the course, stay the course. And when I was in when I was in the military, I was 19 years old, and I got picked to go to some training. And I thought, it, what a great thing! I get to go to Hawaii. I didn't see much of Hawaii. It wasn't such a great thing. It was, but it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So anyway, when we went through this this deal that we went through, uh, 50 of us had 50 of us there, and 24 finished. And uh, so you had a buddy that 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 was that was you roomed with in the barracks, and then you have twelve guys. You had twelve guys uh, to your team, and the guy that I was with, his name was Reese, and he was from Meridian, Texas. So what a blessing! Uh, the guy that was over us was a master sergeant, and he was from Center, Texas. Boy, just full of Texas people in the military, I tell you. <laughs> But anyway, it was a hard deal. I mean, hardest thing that I've ever done physically. But I was determined that I was going to make it. You could take the walk, which meant you quit. Anytime you wanted to, you could take the walk. Well, anyway, I was 130 pounds of lean, mean, fighting machine. (laughs) And Reese was about 185 pounds. And he was he was a strong guy. And so one morning, they came in at 2 o'clock in the morning. Get up, get up. And so they, when they say get up, they mean get up. And so we got up and didn't get back to that bed till 4 o'clock the next morning, blowing and going all the way. And so they said, we're going to do you a favor. You're going to sleep in till 8. That's 4 o'clock in the morning, you know. But anyway, Reese said, Greg, I'm going to take the walk. I said, oh, man, don't do that. He said, yeah, I'm going to take the walk. I said, this is probably the hardest day that we're going to have. You've made it through this. And he said, I'm going to take the walk. I said, now i got to put another guy in here that i got to get used to. But anyway, he went in to the sergeant, and he said, I'm finished. He said, why? He said, I just can't do this no more. And here's the deal I want y'all to hear. The wisdom from this old master sergeant. He said, so you're going to quit here. Where else are you going to quit in life? You can get into habit. Quitting gets to be a habit. That you'll miss out on so much things in your life because you're becoming a quitter. So he talked him out of it. And he finished, but two weeks after that, they came in in the morning at 2 o'clock, get up. And so we got up and did the same thing, except we had to live off the land. We, they did, we didn't have any sea rations or anything. And so Reese said, I thought that that was the hardest. You said that was going to be the hardest. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was, you know. But he finished. He finished. Stay the course. Too many times I think that we quit. When the answer's right there, right there, 
almost got the victory to a stubborn faith. So, you don't have to raise your hand. But I bet everybody in here is believing God for a healing in their body. And maybe some of us have been walking for a while, believing God for healing in my body. I know I have. But I'm going to stay the course. If you're here and you have given up and you still got it, whatever it was, then you can start again. Believing. And so this is a real good lesson on healing. One thing that I have learned to do when I'm walking through something that God has said is mine like healing and I'm not seeing evidence in there, I will say, thank you, Lord, because I am healed by the blood of Jesus and by the name of Jesus. I'm not moved by what I see, hear, or feel. I am moved by what your word says. Doubt and unbelief doesn't govern my life. There's power in the blood. You don't hear that much in church anymore because the devil has stolen that from us. The blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, So I was talking to you earlier about Galatians 2.16, saying we were justified. What do you think justified means? Ronnie can tell you what justified means, I promise you. Right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Justified, uh, justified is just as if I had never sinned. That's justified. The dictionary says it's... uh, uh, Declared or made, you are declared or made righteous in the sight of God. That's justified. And we are justified in Christ. So there's nothing that can take that away from you. You know, you can go off and sin and whatever, but that is not going to be taken away from you. Now, you're going to have to pay a price in this life when you open up those doors. There's a price to pay because you're reaping your soul. So what is God's provision for healing? So you look and you say, what released death and sickness and disease on earth? And it's in Genesis 3.16 when when, uh, Adam and Eve decided that they would follow Satan instead of God. Disobedience brought on the sin nature of God. Brought the curse of sickness, disease, and death. I don't believe there was any sickness or disease until then. We weren't meant to die. We were meant to walk with God all the days of our life. You know, you look at the people in the Old Testament, some of them lived a thousand years. And so what happened? 
when man fell, we just get deeper and deeper into sin. That's what happened. I've heard it said that there was a mist over the earth in the beginning, and then when the flood came, that was gone, and so we didn't get the protection that God had given us, given man before. And so the years that gradually dwindled away. But by choosing not to obey God and submit to the authority of God, man chose the oppression of Satan over the rule of a living father. The soul. The devil used their soul. It, you know, think about it. If you ever hear that, you're looking at a spiritual thing, and you ever hear a, well, think about it, then you know that's not from God. That's what the devil has always done. Acts 10.38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Well, I'm part of all. You're part of all. For God was with him, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. For 18 years. And was bent over and could no way raise herself up. And Jesus said, this was on the Sabbath. He said, so ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has bound for 18 years, could she not be loosed from the bond on the Sabbath? And he set her free. He set her free. You know, you, you read the Bible and you see all the people that came to Jesus for healing, and he turned nobody away. Remember the lepers that went, said to go show yourself to the priest, and half down the road of peace they realized, hey, I'm not a leper anymore. And one of them came back. And he, Jesus said, where's the others? You remember the blind man that he did the mud pie on? And he said, and we on one of the teachings that we had up here, I had never thought about this. But Jesus spit and made mud and put it in his eyes, and he said, now go wash in the pool of Bethesda. And this guy said, that was doing the teaching, said, now I've been to the pool of Bethesda. He said, he was a blind man, and he had to walk down several flights of stairs to get to the pool of Bethesda, and he's blind. You know, but he did, and he got there, and he washed his eye. You know, if a blind man can do what Jesus tells him to do, can't we do that? Can't we walk in what God has for us? Amen. We plainly see that it was not God's plan or desire for man to suffer sickness or disease or pain, but that was a plan of a wicked and cursed deceiver. God's promise of physical healing. First John 3.8 says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. God's plan, promise and plan of uh, restoration would destroy the power of the devil. The Bible says that Jesus went to the bowels of the earth, which was a place that would be, that would 
when we would call hell. And Satan had no right to take him there because he had no sin. The Bible says that he defeated him and made a show of him openly. And he's given us that victory. So let's look a little at the promises of God. Remember in Exodus 15 as the children of Israel was uh, coming out of Egypt, God promised that he wouldn't allow any of the diseases of Egypt, which is a representation of the world, any diseases of the world come upon them if they would diligently heed his voice and do what is right in, in his sight, giving ear to his commandments and keeping all of his statutes. Grace. Hallelujah. And so Jesus did all of that and gave it to us. All that God said, if you will do this, Jesus did that. And he said, it's yours. Every promise that God has made is yours because of what Jesus has done. Sometimes the enemy will come and lie to us. Well, don't you remember? Just yesterday, you know, you said some pretty ugly things to Ronnie. Yeah, but Ronnie didn't take you. You know, I've known Ronnie a long time. Yeah, but you're not going to get your healing. Or you're not going to get this. You know, there is a law of sowing and reaping. There is a law that is a spiritual law just as, as, as much as uh, gravity is a law, so is the law of sowing and reaping. So sometimes... I make an effort to pray for a crop failure because I haven't always sowed the right seeds. You know, so when we're sowing seeds, we need to make sure we're sowing the right seeds. I think, I think of ways, you know, to, uh, to, to get the victory over some things. I think of Joseph whenever he was, uh, the wife of, uh, of his boss tried, uh, tried to molest him, and he took off running. That's what we are to do. When we face sin, take off running. Job 31.1 said, and here's a, a real problem with, with our world this day, these days, is pornography. Job 31.1, Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes. Remember the study we did on covenant? I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. Made a covenant with my eyes. Man, what a statement. What a statement. Job 31 1. You know, we got two promises here, but it's the same promise. One was a prophetic promise, and the other was a fulfilled promise. Isaiah 53. Five said, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. First Peter 2.24 says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on a tree, that we have <coughs> died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. And so Isaiah says we are healed. First Peter fulfilled 
said the fulfillment is you were healed. And so we were healed a long time ago. We're just not walking in our healing. We're allowing our healing to be stolen from us. In Matthew 6, Jesus was talking about all the provisions uh, for food and water, clothing, shelter, health, prosperity, all the things that God has for us. And then in 6.33 it says, Seek first the kingdom of God. Pursue God. Pursue God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Pursue God in his kingdom and his righteousness. You know, sometimes we kind of get think get off on uh, what grace is, and I love grace. <laughs> I'm thankful for grace, but sometimes it just... Uh, we, we need to know that some of the things that we do, we plant those seeds that we pray for a crop failure on sometimes, and that's a result of some of the sin in this. I mean, your eternal destination is sealed. Everyone in here that accepts Jesus, that has accepted Jesus, unless you give your salvation back to him, we're not talking about that. No, what I'm talking about is there is a, a, a sold-out love that you have for God. That's it. God, I, I, I don't see me ever being without sin, but God, I want to pursue that. I want to be, I want to be pleasing to you, God. I want, I want to do that. Another one of God's promises, <clears throat> most important, of all God's promises. He promised to forgive us of all our sin and iniquity through Jesus, the Lamb of God, thus restoring us into relationship as sons to the Father God. So all you that have sons and daughters, can you imagine the creator of the universe calls you son? daughter because of what he did and so uh, the scripture said he promised to forgive us of all sin and iniquity you ever think about the word iniquity what that is so i uh, you look up the the word for sin, the description of the word used in the Greek on sin, and it's uh, missing the mark. And it was used for archers and for the guys with the slingshots. And so they would go practice and, well, how did I do? Well, you sinned, which meant you missed the mark. But iniquity is something different than sin. A lot of times, you know, I used to think that iniquity and sin was the same thing. But why would he say of your sin and your iniquity, why would he put that in there? And so I got a revelation of iniquity, what it is. Uh, 
There was this guy about five or six years ago that, uh, you know, our world is so sick that took a child and molested a child and then killed a child, cut it to pieces to get rid of the body. And so somehow, I don't know why, but the police uh, figured out it was him. And then when they went in to his house, his uh, computer was full of child pornography and all of this stuff. That's iniquity. That's what iniquity is. The sin was he murdered that child and did that to that child. But it was the iniquity that drove that. So much addiction to the to the pornography, the child pornography, and all that, and he kept watching it, and it grew and grew and grew. That's an example of iniquity. Sometimes we have stuff in our life that we let stay there and grow and grow and grow. And it becomes something other than sin, but it drives the sin then. That all of God's promises have been made available to us by Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians one nineteen through twenty twenty says, For the Son of God, Christ Jesus, who was preached among you by us, by me in Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but it was yes in him. For as many as are the promises of God in him, they are yes. Therefore also through him is our Amen to the glory of God through us. Read your Bible and you see a promise and you can say, yes, that's mine. Amen. That is mine. Now here's the list that they, that they had in the teaching on uh, some of the behavior and attitudes that bring sickness and disease. That opens doors for the enemy to come in. Unforgiveness. Not obeying God's word. Those who do not fear God. And this is a respect deal. I was thinking with when, when I read this, I was thinking about my dad had a great dad. But when I was a kid, I feared the belt. You know, I knew that dad, dad would, had, had, uh, would correct you. And when I got older, and I became stronger than Dad. I respected Dad so much, you know. And that's the respect that God wants. That's the fear that they're talking about is respecting God. Doors we open. Unrepentance. Being a good steward of what God gives us. God desires us to be little free of all sickness and disease. Deuteronomy thirty nineteen through 20 says, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you. Now remember as we read these, that Jesus has fulfilled the law. None of the curses of the law is ours. Only the blessings. says, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Therefore, choose life. Choose life today (laughs) 
that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. Isn't that interesting? For he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Cling to the Lord. And sometimes you get so tired. You believe in God for something, you get so tired. So, you know, you see a child that's not feeling good or a child that is tired clinging to their mama. Cling to God. Don't give up. Cling to God. Whatever you're believing God for, that he has promised to you, cling to God. Okay, spiritual conditions for receiving God's love. As we just read, God has placed some prerequisites to his blessings in the Old Testament. So, here it is. Love the Lord, obey him, hold fast, firmly embrace him. Hold fast. See, that's what God is talking about. Cling to him. Hold to him. Don't be willing to, to give up. Walk this. Walk whatever you're believing God for out. More of God's promises. Isaiah 91, 9 through 10. No evil will befall you. No plagues will come near your house. He provides health and healing. And he... Uh, Provides an abundance of peace in your life. Oh, Jesus was, uh, or he is, our greatest example. He shows us the Father's heart towards healing. Jesus healed all who came in faith. As, uh, Mark fourteen thirty-five uh, through thirty-six says in. When the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. Jesus healed all kinds of sickness. Nothing is too big and nothing is too small for God to heal. If you got a hangnail, you got cancer and everything in between. Matthew 4, 23-24, Jesus went through Galilee teaching in the synagogue and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease, every disease and sickness among the people. He healed every disease. News about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. There's only one thing that could would stop Jesus from releasing healing, and that was unbelief. Matthew 13, 58. 58 says, now he did not do many works there because of their unbelief, their lack of faith. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of things that we have faith in because we trust them. 
I have faith in Josie because I, I know I can trust Josie. I have faith in Ronnie. I've known him for a long time. And Don, that uh, because I know them, I know what they'll do. And so I trust them. I need to know God better than that. So as you walk these things through and you see God's faithfulness, your faith grows, your trust in him grows. Matthew 8, 5 through 10 said, When Jesus was going into the town of Capernaum, an army officer came up to him and said, Lord, my servant is at home in such terrible pain that he can't even move. Jesus said, I will go in healing. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not good enough for you to come into my house. Just give the order and my servant will be well. I have officers who give orders to me, and I have soldiers who take orders from me. I can say to one of them, go, and he goes. I can say to another, come, and he comes. I can say to him, say to my servant, do this, and he will do it. When Jesus heard this, he was so surprised that he turned and said to the crowd following him, I tell you that in all of Israel, I've never found anyone with this much faith. So what did this soldier do to display such great faith? He recognized the lordship of Jesus. He believed in the power of his word. Psalms 107.20 says he sent his word, which is Jesus, and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Matthew 10, 7 through 8 says, Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God who had given such authority to man. Jesus had commanded the healing of the sick. But this is what he has established in the kingdom and earth. And so we should be seeing the sick healed, raising the dead, cleansing the leper, casting out demons. He said, greater things than this will you do. I think about Smith Wigglesworth, one of my one of my heroes. And he went to the funeral of a friend and God says, I want you to raise him from the dead. You have a funeral. And so God said, go pull him out of the casket raise him from the dead oh yeah <laughs> the whole family be after me but anyway he went pull the guy out of the casket put him next to the tree in the name of Jesus come back alive and he let go and all the way down to the ground yeah so he picked him up again in the name of Jesus come back to life and the guy looked at him what am I doing here <laughs> you know Is there anybody here that would do that? Not me. <laughs> but it says, Jesus raised the dead. Right? God increased our faith. Jesus gave his authority to us. <laughs> Lord, do that to Katie. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> 
She's up to the task. Uh, John 14, 12 says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. Praise the Lord. Do all the things he did, do even greater things than Jesus did. So, in whose name and authority will we heal? Heal. Mark 16, 17, 18 says, Everyone who believes me will be able to do wonderful things by using my name. Devil doesn't isn't moved by Greg's name. He's moved by Jesus' name. The one who defeated him. By using my name, they will force out demons and they will speak new language. They will handle snakes and I started to bring a bag that had rubber snakes in it and I decided not to. And will drink poison and not be hurt. They also they will also heal sick people by placing their hands on them. That's the word of God. You know, one of the scriptures that we we used a lot is in James, James 5. It says, if anyone among you sick, let him call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of Jesus. So that's what we do. We pray over them and anoint them with oil. And verse 15 says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if they have sinned, they'll be forgiven. You know, one thing about this scripture that really convicts me is he says, and the prayer prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. It doesn't say it might take a week or a day. It doesn't say that. He says the prayer of faith will make them well. Praise God. As a result of the prayer of faith, the Lord will heal. And also said he will be be forgiven of all. Okay, I'm gonna speed up. While sin is not always the reason for sickness, poor diet, environment, etc., sin does open the door to sickness. David warned that sin washes away our body and our vitality is drained. And that's what sin does. And so there's a story here in, uh, let me see what scripture reference, I must have missed the scripture, scripture reference, but anyway, uh, that soon after that happened, talking about uh, the king, King Asa, right? Anani, the prophet, went to Asa and said, you depended on the king of Syria instead of depending on the Lord your God. And so God had given given him a victory uh, in the past, but he decided instead to ask God, he's going to ask the king of Syria to help him. And so you will never defeat the Syrian army. Remember how powerful the Ethiopian and Libyan army was. With all their chariots and cavalry troops, you trusted the Lord to help you then, and you defeated them. The Lord is constantly watching everyone, and he gave strength to those who faithfully obeyed him. 
but you have done a foolish thing, and your kingdom will never be at peace again. When Asa heard this, he was so angry that he put Hanani in prison. Asa was also cruel to some of his people. Everything Asa did while he was king is written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. In the 39th year of rule, of his rule, he got a very bad foot disease, but he relied on doctors and refused to ask the Lord for help. He died two years later. Because he got mad at God and chose to follow his own way, he died of a foot disease. Asa was angry at God. You know, nobody's saying that doctors are bad or unnecessary. But our trust and faith should be in God and not in his instrument of healing. And one thing we've got to hear is God. What is God saying to us? I'm going to tell you a little story. You know, we all get little aches and pains sometimes. And so I've got to, uh, I always try to ride those things out. If it gets too bad, I'll ask God, right? <laughs> I always try to ride those things out, but I had something come on me that wouldn't go. It just kept getting worse. Pain got real bad. And so I prayed and, and went ahead and went to the doctor. And the doctor said, well, I tell you what, I'm not, I can't help you. I think I know what it is. That I'm going to send you to a neurologist. Said, okay. So I went outside, set my pickup, never will forget this. Put the key in, and I heard a voice. I said, "You don't need to know what the doctor has to say about this. You need to trust me." And so he told me what to do, and I did it, and certain people to pray for me and I, I, I did what, what he said and so I went through a ton of pain I mean a ton of pain I remember uh, being in bed and in pain and Josie standing over me quoting healing scriptures singing I am the Lord that healeth thee I am the Lord your healer Sometimes she would come and she said, I'm going to call her name, but you need to go to, to the doctor. You need to go to the hospital. I said, no. God said I didn't need to know what the doctors had to say. So anyway, got through it, got healed, and got through it. And a few years uh, later, God said, just so you know, that was ALS. ALS? If I would have heard that from the doctor, then I probably wouldn't have got healed. Wouldn't have had the faith for it, you know. So we've got to hear what God is saying. In the midst of all of this stuff that we're going through, God is saying something to us. You need to hear what God says. Here's three things that cause a lot of diseases called worry, stress, and anxiety. 
know those, those aren't from God. I don't see that in God's list of promises. You know? He says, trust me. Stress is really the leading cause of many diseases. Fear and anxiety, worry are the root and cause of stress in our lives. God spoke very clearly about these three things, saying, 2 Timothy 1.7, fear. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Sounds a lot better than fear. So that tells me if I'm in fear, I don't have a sound mind because I'm operating out of, out of fear. Matthew 6, 25, 34 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than all of this. So ye have little, little faith, therefore do not worry, saying, what will I eat, what shall I do, because God is your provider. Anxiety, I kind of skipped a bunch of stuff in there for time. Anxiety, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Peace. I love peace. I'm thankful for God's peace. Jesus told us that we would face tribulation, persecution, and hardship, but he told us be of good cheer, for he has given us the victory. So why is being cheerful so important? Proverbs 17.22 says, A cheerful heart is a good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Fear and joy can't coexist in you. You can't be afraid if you're joyful. Nehemiah tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We're going to live in joy. If we're going to live in the joy God has for us, we've got to trust the Lord. Psalm 27, 1 through 6. Be made perfect by God's love, which cast out all fear. You know, if we've got fear, then we're not living in God's love. We have moved away from that. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Ask for what you need in faith, believing you will receive. Until now, you have asked for nothing. Jesus said. Ask and you will receive. Speak just for a few minutes on inner healing. They had a, have a great, I think it's on page 98 of the workbook. They had a great drawing in there that kind of gives you a diagram of the makeup of man. And uh, it's really good. Uh, we're not going to get all the way through this, so you'll really need to do you know, the workbook on this. You know, we're three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. Uh, we've got to understand that most people come to the Lord wounded, broken, crushed, and are sick at heart because of the effect of sin. New believers come in that have never accepted Jesus or maybe like me, they was a prodigal son and finally woke up in the pig pen and came home. Need to know that they're wounded, broken, crushed, and sick at heart because of the effects of sin. So there's some inner healing that needs to take place. Your body, your soul, and your spirit 
Uh, your body provides sensory such as hearing, taste, smell, touch, and sight. That's a vehicle used to communicate to the outside world. So com- uh, comprised of your, your mind, your will, and your emotion, that's the enemy's battlefield. That is the battlefield, guys. That, that when the enemy comes, it's our soul. They're not going to battle in the spirit. Uh, your spirit, which is your intuition, your fellowship, and your conscience. Uh, while our bodies and mind receive a new nature at salvation and baptism, our souls, specifically the mind and emotions, still require transformation. Here's a life verse for you guys. This is my life verse. This changed my life. Romans 12:2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And here's a scripture that goes along with it. These two scriptures, amazing that this was in here, because these are the two scriptures God gave me early in my walk with him that, that brought me a lot of deliverance. Ephesians 5, 26 to 27 says that he might sanctify and cleanse you with the washing of water of the word that he might present her talking to as, as a bride as with a bride of Christ to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish the washing of the water of the word that's why it's so important that we set some kind of a, a, a habit of reading God's word we've got to read his word We've got to spend some prayer time with him. I mean, that's what he lost in man's fall. That's why all of why Jesus came, because he's restoring that relationship. He wants to walk with us in the cool of the evening. Now, I walk with him in the cool of the morning, but he wants, he wants to walk with us. He wants to have a relationship with us. Isn't that amazing? That God Almighty wants to have a relationship with you, 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 all of you. God has uh, designed to release inner healing is through His Word as we meet God in His Word, restoration of the soul and deliverance for anything holding us captive begins to uh, take place. God has also provided the Holy Spirit to renew and deliver. The Spirit of the Lord God, Isaiah 61, 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison to those who are bound. That's what the Spirit of God, why the Spirit of God is upon you. Inner healing deals with your memories, deliverance, breaking of curses, healing of memories. One of the things I think that the church is going to be faced with is uh, PTSD. I mean, not only the soldiers, the police, or anybody that's been through a stressful situation, but uh, it's uh, rampant. You hear... 20 veterans a day committing suicide. It's the PTSD. It's what it is. P- 
PTSD, you got this movie camera that plays the same thing over and over again across your face every time you sit down to rest or whatever, that's what happens. And so I go back to Romans 12 in Ephesians, and that is the, the, that's, that's the healing for that. So often people who are mentally healthy bury the, the other side of that. They bury unpleasant events as a means of protection. When this occurs, that individual goes through life reacting negatively to things, and they don't know why. This is what happens when we try to protect ourselves instead of allowing God to provide perfection in, or protection and security to receive inner healing. It begins with forgiveness. It all begins with forgiveness. Who do I need to forgive? What's holding me? What's holding me captive? Recognize that Jesus provided the healing for our memories by bearing our griefs and carrying our sorrows. Isaiah 53, 4. Except that Jesus bore our sickness, that every one of us must desire and seek healing by faith. Realize God is good and always trades up. You know that? God always trades up. He gives us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. What a deal. God has called us to be co-laborers with Jesus. Bind up the brokenhearted, comfort all who mourn, set free all who bound, who are bound. But you know, we've got to get through some of the stuff that's in us. You know, we need to get through some of this stuff. We need to get ourselves healed up. And we need to get to, to do what God has called us to do. Because of lack of instruction and ignorance, many of people, or many of God's children are held in bondage. Hebrews 2, 14 to 15 said, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear and bondage were, who were in fear and bondage uh, their, their life and subject to bondage. Uh, the depression of demons. Jesus left clear instructions on how to cast out demons, breaking curses, Galatians 3.13, we talked a little bit about this, is Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Cursed is everyone who hangs from a tree. Isaiah 61 4 says, The Spirit of the Lord came to repair and restore the desolation of many generations. Sometimes you get into the generational curses where you see in your family these same, same bad deals going on in the family, and that's something that has come around for generations. And so you can be set free from those. You've got to do it. You've got to put an axe to that root. Amen? Uh, all right. So, this is the teaching on healing. Now, is there anybody that needs prayer? Anybody that needs to be healed? Anybody else? Is there, is there anybody that says, that will say, you know, I had this deal a long time ago and I still got it, but I gave up. You know, that's part of the, part of the, of the, the uh, thing of the body of Christ is we want to encourage you.
pray for you. So we've got Katie and Liz and Michael. Anybody else? Sharon? Okay, guys. Let's go pray for them. Amen.